It's a little after five in the morning. I'm headed down to a wharf on the east end of the waterfront in Stonington. It is pitch black out and foggy too. There's a bunch of lobstermen hanging out, waiting to start fishing for the day. I'm looking to meet Hazel, Hazel Woodward. Can I ask you guys about Hazel? Uh, <laughs> we don't know much about Hazel. No, yeah, we really know she's, she's very quite, quiet. She's quite, yeah, keeps to herself yeah. very keeps much. Yes. Yeah. Hazel is unusual in several ways. For starters, she's just 17 years old. That's pretty young to be a lobsterman working on a waterfront full of older guys. She's a hard worker. Very hard. How so? See what she's fishing in? <laughs> Black dungeon thick of fog and she'll go out. I want to make sure you caught that. He said, Black dungeon thick of fog. Hazel goes out fishing. More props to her. No radar, no nothing. I think she does it. Like everybody else does it, we just go and do it. <laughs> do you promise you won't give away all my fishing uh. spots? You're listening to Salts and Water, Stories from the Maine Coast, a podcast from Experience Maritime Maine. Salts for all the people in Maine with deep connections to the ocean, and water because the ocean defines so much of life on the coast. I'm your host, Rob Rosenthal. Here are a couple of other things that are unusual about Hazel. A standard lobster boat is fiberglass, 30 to 40 feet long, sometimes bigger, and there's usually a wheelhouse to keep fishermen out of the weather. Hazel, she fishes on a wooden boat, just 18 feet long. No wheelhouse, just Hazel, out in the open air, her hair and headscarf blowing. At a brisk 8.7 knots, (laughs) flying along. This boat is terrible when it comes to maneuverability. There have been times where I have the wheel all the way to one side and the wind is blowing in such a way that I am actually slowly turning in the opposite direction. On top of all this, Hazel fishes alone. You talk to yourself out here? Oh yeah. Yeah. And if there's nobody around, I sing to myself. Can you sing now? Not gonna happen. Sorry about that. (laughs) Ah, there we go. Hazel spots one of her bright green and red buoys. She slows down, circles it, and when the boat is close enough, Hazel grabs her gaff, a long pole with a hook. She reaches over the side and pulls up the buoy. She then threads the rope through a pot hauler. It's a motorized winch that pulls a lobster trap up from the ocean floor. It's not something that's easy, and it's not something that you would expect somebody like me to be doing. You know, it, it it's... A pretty demanding job and you know I, I didn't think that anybody would really take me very seriously. The trap eventually surfaces and inside this one are six lobsters. You can hear their tails flap. Hazel first started fishing for lobster two years ago when she was 15. She hauled traps by hand. Now think about that. Pulling a heavy trap up through 30, 40, 50 feet of water, hand over hand on the rope. Well, the the end of that first season, I I had some shoulders on me. (laughs) Well, now now I've I've gotten soft. You know, I have this this pot holler spoiling me, but... (laughs) Here's one more thing that's unusual about Hazel. She's the captain of her own boat. It's true, many women work on lobster boats. They tend to be sternmen, preparing bait, setting traps, and generally just pitching in with everything. But a woman as a captain, it's not unheard of, but it's not common either. Except in Stonington, there are seven women who captain their own boats. 
nearly 15 if you count the surrounding area. Genevieve McDonald, I'm 33 years old. I'm a lobster boat captain out of Stonington, Maine of the Hello Darling 2. I'm Meredith Oliver, 22. I am from Stonington and I own the boat, the Edward Lee. That's after my uncle. It was my grandfather's boat. Deandra Jones, I live in Stonington. I am the lobster boat captain of the Double Trouble. Why is it called Double Trouble? I named it after my daughters. I have twins. Lobster man or lobster woman? Lobsterman. Are you sick of that question? No. No. I am sick of that question. I get asked that question like seven times a month at least. Um, and more all the time. And I use lobsterman or sternman or fisherman unless I'm specifically speaking about women in the industry. And then I say female lobster boat captain or woman fisherman. And actually, you know which one I hate the worst? Fishermen and women. Am I your maid? Am I the woman next door? Am I your wife? Fishermen and women? Fishermen and fisherwomen? Or just call us all fishermen? Yeah, I've been asked enough that now I have a pretty solid opinion about this. <laughs> What if I said to you, lobstering's a man's game? I'd say you're wrong. I don't think fishing has ever been a man's industry. Women have always played a vital role in the industry, whether they're on water or on land, because it takes a lot to run the books, to run the accounts, to run the household, to run your family. Women have always pretty much completely run the show on shore. Do men feel the same family challenges that women do? No. Tell me about that. Well, my husband gets to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and head out the door. Whereas I get up, whether how many times I've been woke up in the middle of the night, I have to get up and bathe them and get them ready for daycare, and then I can go. Back out on Hazel's boat, her morning is about half over. How would you say you're doing? I would say I'm doing great, honestly. When's the singing start? (laughs) After you're gone. (laughs) I think it's safe to say Hazel is an island girl. Her family roots go back to the late 1700s on Deer Isle. She's lived in Stonington all her life, and she just seems of this place. In fact, that's the main reason she wanted to fish. Fishing is part of the bones of the island. I'm a sucker for tradition, you know? I, uh, (laughs) I, I love learning about... You know, my family's roots, my family's history. I love the history of the island and all of that, and just the tradition and the culture of it. And fishing is so tied up with that. I, I thought, man, wouldn't it be great if I could be part of this, you know, this local tradition that's, you know, it's been such a part of the island for so long. But I figured, you know, oh, no, nobody, nobody will. You know, they they won't let me do that. Everybody will just laugh, you know. Oh, Hazel, you can't do that. Well, the opposite happened. Her parents supported her right from the get-go. Her dad taught her how to handle the boat and how to bait a trap. And she asked for advice around town. We were going around talking to people and, you know, they were were kind of raising their eyebrows like, oh man, she's hauling by hand and she's going to be going out by herself and all of that. Despite the raised eyebrows, other fishermen donated gear, and she got her student license. It's like a learner's permit for lobstermen. The first year, she set 30 traps. That was plenty, she says. Remember, she was hauling by hand. Her second year, 150. That's the limit for a student. I was, you know, I I was reaching high and really pushing myself. You know, it was really outside of my comfort zone. Hazel hauls up yet another trap, A few traps have been empty, but this one has some lobsters. 
should see some of the real little guys. They're about the size of a finger. And then there's the monsters that take up about half of the trap. Hazel asked if I wanted to help out. I was reluctant, but she had me put rubber bands around lobster claws. I thought this was going to be easy, right? You just stretch the band out, put it over the claw, done. Well, (laughs) I was so clumsy, she told me I would have been yelled at on another boat for being so slow. Then I botched filling a few bags of bait. I couldn't tie them up. My gloves were all slimy. That was my excuse anyway. She didn't ask me to help again. Genevieve, one of the other captains in Stonington, says my lack of dexterity isn't unusual, and it might not be because I haven't done it before. Depending on what job you have on the boat, I mean, baiting and banding and doing it quickly is a big piece of the component. I mean, you don't want to get backed up, slow the boat down. You know, you want to be able to go through lobsters as quickly as you can. And so, it, you know, women in that particular role, I think, have surpassed men in a lot of ways. And most of the captains I've talked to that have taken a woman are just amazed at how fast they can go through gear. What kind of person does it take to be a captain? Driven. You want to succeed. You want to do it and and do it well. You don't want to put all your work into this and then back out and look like you couldn't do it. You want to keep adding on to your traps. You want to go further. You want to get a bigger boat. You want to keep upgrading. You really can't go halfway in the fishing industry because you're on the water and it's dangerous. You have to know what you're doing and commit to it. And also it's expensive. It takes a lot to run and operate a boat. So if you only go halfway, you, you know, you'll fail. So you really have to have the drive and the follow through to really go. I did the CNA course. I did that. And that lasted for a winter. Soon as it got good and the boats were, you know, everyone was setting their gear again. See ya. I'm gone. I got to be out on the water. What would it mean to you to stop? To stop fishing? Dead. Die. Dead. (laughs) I don't want to stop. I mean, this is what I've done. This is what I've lived. This is how I've grown up. There's nothing else that I want to do. For a while, I didn't ask Hazel any questions. I just watched her work. She's graceful, agile. She's sure-handed as she pulls and hauls and bends and bands and baits and pushes. Oh yeah, she'll stumble here and there or make a mistake. She calls it making a hash of things. Like the time she tied 75 feet of rope to a trap and then set it in 112 feet of water. A little short. Regardless, she's perpetually optimistic. Yeah, I really like the hard work. Uh, there's, there's something... There's something about hard, honest work for honest pay that just has a really good feeling about it. Like, this sounds kind of weird, but it's it's kind of like a good, clean feeling, which is a little ironic when you consider the job, but, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just a, a great feeling to know that you've worked hard and really earned that, that check. We're headed in? Yeah. And just because you've been real good you stayed mostly out of the way. I'll sing a little tune for you. I wish I was on yonder hill, for there I'd sit and cry my fill. And every tear Without hesitation, I tell you this. I love Maine.
Not too long after I hung out with Hazel, she applied for her commercial fishing license and got it. That will allow her to haul 400 traps next season, nearly three times as many traps as she's been setting. What's more, she bought a new boat. It's fiberglass, 30 feet long. It needed a lot of work. Her dad says they converted the family greenhouse into a boat shed, and Hazel works six days a week on the boat through the winter. She learned how to lay fiberglass, apply marine paint, and wrestle with an engine and hydraulics. She's all set for the upcoming season, and the one after that, and the one after that. As you might expect, the lobster eating is pretty darn good around Stonington. So is the kayaking. It's amazing, actually. Dozens of small islands to weave in and out of and clamber around on. I can't recommend it enough. There's also the ferry out to Isla Ho. It's part of Acadia National Park. Isla Ho is not a secret, but it's off the beaten path and well worth the trip. Or if getting out on the water isn't your thing, just amble around the working waterfront in Stonington. It's one of the busiest. Year after year, Stonington lobstermen land more lobsters than anywhere else on the main coast. Thanks for listening to Salts and Water, stories from the main coast. This podcast is produced by Experience Maritime Maine, the website to visit before a visit to Maine. The site has many, many stories and trip ideas. I encourage you to listen to more episodes of Salts and Water, including a story about the dramatic tides and currents of Eastport, and a story about my five-day escape from the buzz of life on land on a windjammer out of Rockland. Salts and Water is supported by Maine Boats, Homes, and Harbors magazine. Hats off to Abby Levin for her production help. Thanks also to Penobscot East Resource Center. Our theme music is from Ketza. I'm Rob Rosenthal.